Hey, welcome back, Internet. This is going to be episode 25B of Kenter at Your Own Risk with Kent and Chris. And in this one, we're going to be continuing our Stephen King movie, TV show, miniseries discussion. Um, and uh, the first part of this covered the 1970s through the 1990. Now we're going to be picking up in 1991 um, with... Funnily enough, another Stephen King thing that I watched at my grandparents for the first time in Long Island, which was uh, Sometimes They Come Back. It's a TV movie uh, made in 1991. Have you ever seen this, Kent? I have not. That's one of the few that's on the list that I just never did. I remember really liking it, and I think they did a, a pretty good job. It was nothing too horrific, nothing too scary, but it worked. You know, the Stephen King formula, for lack of a better word, his his basic themology works really well in a TV or a movie format. Um, there was a pretty big difference between the movie version and the, the TV and the book version, excuse me. Um, the basic premise is that uh, a bunch of bullies kill this guy's brother uh, who stood up to them for him when he was a kid. And then they come back as ghosts, but they're, you know, around, they have physical bodies and shit. Um, when he's an adult and a teacher, you know, working at the school that uh, he grew, he went to when he grew up. Um, I forgot how he gets rid of them in the, in the movie. Yeah, I think his brother, showed, his brother's ghost comes back and help. But um, in, the, in the book, he has to uh, summon a demon to get rid of them. And I remember it was like, I think he had to cut off like three of his fingers and throw them into a fire in order to, to summon the, and it, and basically the premise was that like after the demon took out the ghosts, it was worse for him and his family than, you know, the ghosts had been in the first place. Interesting. I've seen Tim Matheson, who was also in buried alive, which I was a fan of. Um, Gosh, you know, I may have rented this, and I just don't remember. Like, the cover looks very familiar. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember. It, it, is it something worth the... Uh, oh, it's only an hour 37, so that's not bad. Something worthwhile, then, I would guess, to watch. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Um, you know, it was... It's, it was a good made-for-TV movie. Let's put it like that. And as I'm looking at the cast list, I guess the uh, the woman from um, the Dead Zone was the the wife for the the wife in this. So, like, oh, like that's he why said, she looks so familiar. Like he said, they just keep cycling the same actors through Stephen King properties. Well, that and bullies. I mean, we yeah. gotta have bull like kids, bullies. Yeah, I mean, how much of the list has been kids' movies with bullies in them. Do do we know, like, did Stephen King deal with a lot of bullies when he was a kid? Do we know this? Uh, I would say, is there any kid who de- doesn't deal with a lot of bullies when they're a kid? I guess I guess bullies. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like every kid in some way deals with bullies, but I feel the fact that he wrote about them so much, I feel like he had, like, a bully problem as opposed to... I don't feel like I had a bully problem, but I mean, I dealt yeah. with bullies. Yeah, everybody I, I, deals with them. 
I, I think there's a difference though between dealing with bullies and having a actual bully problem. And I feel like maybe he actually maybe dealt with it for years. Quite frankly, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It would explain why so much of his stuff is themed around that. Like, I mean, if you just think of like it and well, like I know like you didn't see Christine, but I mean, there's a scene where you know once again you get bullies and. It's almost like he he does it through like so many years of like you know from I don't know say ten years old up to like you know almost adulthood type thing. It, I I, re- I legitimately wonder. I, I I assume he probably did. So, all right, Brooke Adams. I wonder. I'm looking her up a little bit more, but I don't really see much that I've, that I know of her. Although she wasn't, she's in surreal estate, and I know I watched a little bit that came out earlier this year, and has uh, was it Eugene Levy's daughter Sarah in it, who was in uh, Schitt's Creek, which was a, I I thought was a fantastic series. Yeah. But all right, all right, moving on. I remember watching this, and I don't remember anything about it, but. <laughs> The golden years, like like I remember, uh, an old guy get hit with some kind of explosion and he started becoming younger, and that is all I fucking remember about. And like the government was chasing them for some reason about about this whole fucking. Yeah, show. so here here's two things to note. Stephen Root is one of the government guys, and Stephen Root's a hilarious guy. Like. You've seen him and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved him in news radio, for example, but like Dodgeball and yeah. uh, he was Milton in fucking Office Space. Um, and by the time I'd seen this, I was familiar with Felicity Huffman because she did a TV show called Sports Night that I liked. Um, so, And then I'd also know who Francis Sternhagen was, uh, even Ed Lauder. So... The yeah, there's cast- a lot of people I'm seeing on the, on this cast list who who've been in a bunch of Stephen King stuff already, like Ed Lauder. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, the cast was good, but the production value wasn't great, and it just seemed like you know the six episodes. I feel like probably could have been trimmed down by at least two episodes, but they were trying to make it into a series that was going to go longer. I don't think this was meant to just end I, I think they wanted it to continue and it just fell flat and at one point i owned the dvd i don't i don't know where it is i i don't i think i let somebody borrow it and it's okay that i never got it back let's put it that way <laughs> all right well <laughs> moving on <laughs> um we hit the lawnmower man now, I noticed you put the Lawnmower Man controversy up well, there. Yeah, because I didn't even... I didn't know that Stephen King had nothing to do with it other than they just used the name of his story, but that's it. Yeah. I, I So, like, as a kid, I thought, like, why the hell did Stephen King write this piece of shit? I mean, I didn't really like Lawnmower Man. I haven't gone back and rewatched that. I, I kind of intended to, and maybe it has... It's fine now, but like as a kid, I didn't like it. I even bought like the Nintendo or Super Nintendo game. Didn't like that. Don't know why I bought it, but I did. I think it was cheap. I don't know. 
92. Great year for me, but not a great year for Stephen King. Yeah, so... <laughs> all right, Lawnmower Man, it's just okay. It's an okay movie. It was, you know, one of the first things really covering, like, VR and the internet. That was the you big know. appeal of it, right? Like, like, that was, like, first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's almost like a compilation of a couple science fiction short stories that had nothing to do with Stephen King. Like one of them that I remember was called a Rose for Algernon. It was about, um, they were conducting trials to try to make people smarter. Right. And, uh, they had given this rat, um, some of the, whatever the therapy, the medicine, whatever it was that they were studying. Um, and, uh, the rat became smarter and they skipped, you know, waiting for, to get approved for a human trial. And then they gave it to a human who I wanted to say was like the, the lawnmower, the lawn maintenance person. So, I mean, already right there, it's way closer to the lawnmower man than the actual Stephen King story is. Right. And he, he becomes smarter, like super. And then he eventually realizes that this stuff isn't lasting and he's going to become stupid again, you know, relatively stupid again as he, and, you know, so it was kind of like that. So I really think that, like, they chopped a bit from here and a bit from there and threw it all together and then made, you know, uh, Job, you know, into a bad guy while they were doing it. Which was really funny because then Lawnmower Man 2 came out and it was, like, completely different. Like, Job's the hero now out of the fucking thing. And completely different actor. Doesn't look anything like <laughs> That's fantastic. But, dude... I'm looking at yeah. this cast list. I'm seeing Jeff Fahey, who's good. Pierce Brosnan, who is good. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lewis is appearing again. Yeah. And Dean Norris, who we know was also in Under the Dome, which we'll bring up later. Like, just Pierce Brosnan, I don't think he did any other Stephen Kings that I can think of. Back of Bones. I see, I never saw it. I didn't either. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but... I, I've only seen this once. I, I'll eventually watch it again, but... It, it's it's one that, like, yeah, it's very 90s, too. Like, you look at the CG from it, and you're like, God, that just looks like shit. But when it came out, it was like, whoa. Let me tell you, 1992 was a shit year for horror movies, and if it was for Candyman, I would say it may have been the worst year for horror in my lifetime. That pains me to say that. <laughs> To go to go into what the story was though. Basically, this guy is at home and this dude shows up and he's like, "Hey, I'll mow your lawn for you," and the guy's like, "Okay." And you know he's not paying attention. He goes outside, looks, and the guy's doing it. And then he comes back later, and like the lawnmower is running by itself, and the guy is one running around like chewing the grass, you know, cutting it by eating it, and he basically turns into like Pan, you know, from from. Greek mythology and fucking like the lawnmower starts chasing the guy through his side. It's fucking weird. Nothing like the movie at all. <laughs> like nothing, nothing in wow in common. So fair enough. There you go. All right. Uh, I'm pretty sure we can hit the next one briefly. Yeah. But Sleepwalkers is the worst movie on this list. Hands <laughs> down, it's the worst fucking one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. So. Here's my story. That came out in mid-April. I was on a Stephen King kick. 
I said, Mom, this would be a great movie for us to go see. So on either the Saturday or actual Easter Sunday, I don't know which, I took my mom. You took your mom to see Sleepwalkers? A movie that features incest. incest, (laughs) And I was too young to even understand exactly what I'm seeing. And I walked away going, this movie wasn't that good. And I now, as an adult, I just rewatched it in October. I hadn't seen it since I'd saw it in the theater, so you know, almost thirty years. And I'm like, oh my god, I feel so bad that I talked my mom into going to see this piece of shit. Like, that, yeah, how, how awkward must that have been? And you know, I mean, even the great Ron Perlman and uh, oh, there was somebody else I liked in this, but like. No matter the talent, it just... Dude, John Landis was in it. And uh, Alice Creech, who Creed, was, yeah. like, the main... She's, like, st- she's, st- she's still going strong. She's like She was awesome. just in that Gretel and Hansel movie last year. Dude, I bought that with Jeremy Renner? No, not Hansel and Gretel, but it was it was Gretel and Hansel. It was with um, Sophia Lillis from It Part 1. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah, she played the way... Dude, yeah, she looked fucking creepy in it. As bad as this was, though, I gotta give props. Dan Martin, who was the cop that got killed, mm-hmm. who's the first, with the cat, dude, that guy, he he must have just been like, I'm getting paid to act like this. This is cool. Like he totally owned his role, and he was, I thought he was great, and I thought the main girl was really pretty, but I mean, she was not that talented, and her career reflects that I, I guess unfortunately but mick garris who is the director of many films in the 90s of stephen king work like he's the go-to guy um his wife cynthia was in this uh and she appears in a lot of stuff and i gotta give props mick garris no matter how bad the shit is that they present him he tries it, he he at least tries it it's terrible but he tries I mean, he got Joe Dante, John Landis, Clive Barker, and Toby Hooper all in the same fucking movie to hang out with Stephen King. Come yeah. on. That's yeah. kind of cool. No, I get you. Yeah, it's it's still the worst movie on this fucking list. And I, I don't know if there's, like, a short story version or a book version that's based off of. If there is, I've never read it, so. Wait, I got to ask you something, even though I'm jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. All right, since you said this is the worst movie on the list, though, have you seen the movie Trucks? I have not, no. Okay, just I haven't either, and I've heard it's among the worst, so uh, that was the only reason I asked. But I, I would agree, it's definitely bottom three for, for me. Yeah. All right, um, we come into the dark half, which I find interesting. Uh, yeah, I find it super freaking interesting since I had seen Takashi Miike's imprint and then I saw Malignant and then I saw the dark half and I'm like yeah. well okay so you were there's just on a, that on a roll <laughs> yeah so go on I liked it I mean again I think it's another one where it's kind of dated but what isn't from the early 90s at this point did you um, like? Did you like his acting, Timothy Hutton? Yeah, I didn't think he was bad in it. I mean, I, I've definitely seen better Timothy Hutton performances, and I've seen worse Timothy Hutton performances. 
Fair enough. I liked Amy Madigan, and I, I love Rooker as Sheriff Alan Pangborn, which I didn't know that Sheriff Alan Pangborn appeared in multiple stories. Yeah. So that was surprising. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was one of the highlights of, um, I would say, uh, Castle Rock. I don't know if you, you watched that or not. Uh, wait, season one or two? He was in season one. He was, um, uh, what's, what the fuck's his name? The, uh, the old dude. Oh, God damn it, dude. I, yeah. I watched almost all of it, and I I gotta go back and watch it because I don't remember enough. So I didn't even realize that was the same character name. God damn it. All right, good to know. The, the, the sheriff, the ex-sheriff. Right. That, yeah, I'm oblivious at times. Scott Glenn. There we go. Oh, Scott Glenn. I like him. Yeah. So, I mean, um, Dark Half was... I think it was an okay movie. I think it was just an okay... Like, I'm sure there were some deviations from the story. But it's been so long since I've seen the movie or read the book that I don't remember. Um, one of the things I do find interesting was that they made a fucking video game about it, too. Or, like, the, a computer game. It was kind of like King's Quest-ish, if I remember correctly. Like, one of those old point-and-click adventure titles. Interesting. Yeah, I don't... I don't remember them being a lot of other video games about Stephen King properties, except for, like, Lawnmower Man got a Nintendo version, I'm pretty sure. Yep, because I bought it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Keep rubbing that one in. Ugh. God damn. Yo, all right, let me say, it's weird seeing Michael Rooker as a good guy. Uh, um. He's a good actor. It's just weird... I, I like him as a crazy guy, a bad guy, or, like, a wily type guy. And he was a little wily. Like, he wasn't 100% clean cut, so to speak, in this. Mm -hmm. But it was still just a little weird. I, I love Michael Rooker, though, as an actor. So, like, I, yeah. I, I was happy about it. It's just It was just weird for me. That's all. Um, did you know that Timothy Hutton, like, held up production because he was, like, a total fucking diva on set? I believe it. <laughs> like I, mean, I guess like he shut down production for like three days over like a hissy fit. <laughs> did you did you see like all of the shit that came out about him recently? So I mean No. No, I did not. I guess a whole bunch of like harassment, fucking blah 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 bullshit. Like enough to the point that they dropped him from the leverage remake that they did. So he got cancelled pretty much, right? Yeah. Alright. But okay. It sounds less like canceling and more like, you know, getting called out for, like, actual shit that he did kind of well, stuff. Well, that's, from from what I read just in the notes about this movie, it sounded like he was kind of a douchebag to work with, so canceled isn't necessarily the right word. Like, it's, yeah, as you said, called out for acting the way he did. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that there is a definite difference. And I, I like the movie. I... I don't know. Maybe it's the slasher fan in me, but I found like the razor blade to be kind of meh at times. I don't know. I'm I'm nitpicky about my kills sometimes. I got you. I got you. All right, we come into probably the second shittiest movie on this list now with the Tommy Knockers. Oh, good lord! And. Unfortunately, I don't know how much we can blame it on the actual movie because 
having read it, I think it's the shittiest fucking Stephen King book that I've I've read. So, stand back. There's a hurricane coming through because Kent, he in ninth or tenth grade, English teacher is like, everybody needs to read a book. I was like, I want to read something by Stephen King. That you know, whatever. And my English teacher decided, Kent, you should read the Tommy Knockers. She just wanted to punish you. Like, it, yeah, in hindsight, I'm like, what did I do to wrong that lady? Like, she was always nice and friendly to me, but that's what she gave me. And, like, halfway through the, the, the school year, I was like, I, I just can't handle the same word. It's not that good. <laughs> it, it, it just wasn't. And the movie, despite having a couple of decent... Well, I mean, I love Jimmy Smith. Uh, Marge Haugenberg is good i like tracy lords tracy lords is a guilty pleasure she's on my list i bet she is <laughs> and <laughs> that's right <laughs> but god damn it this movie sucked this is i think this is going to be the remake that's going to either break or make the stephen king resurgence whether it keeps going because this is another one i think that's coming out next year it, it is and my question is what what I mean, they gotta kind of rewrite the story in some way to make it entertaining. Like, the story itself's not entertaining. So, like, uh, it, I wonder if it's supposed to be a big production. Y- you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm assuming not. I. I God damn it! I'm. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Just, no. I mean, it's just. The, the whole premise of that there being a buried alien ship and it begins to basically possess the townspeople and turn them into aliens, give them, you know, like scientific breakthroughs in order to kind of rebring the aliens back. And I, don't know, I just, the characters weren't necessarily very interesting. The, the premise kind of was, but if you don't have likable characters in the first place, then it's, it's hard to find anything to root for in a story. Honestly, the best part of that whole thing was when the the like love game show host was talking to the lady whose husband was cheating on her with Tracy Lords. That mm-hmm. was probably my favorite scene of the whole thing and probably the only that and like when Jimmy Smith got drunk and just started like being a dick to everybody. I, I enjoyed that a lot too. But yeah. two good scenes out of three three long hours. Let me tell you, and I know you you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're watching a movie and all of a sudden you look at your watch and then you look again, you're like, oh my God, it's only been like five or ten minutes and it feels like it's been a half hour. And you know right at that point you're in for a shit show. That's Tommy Knockers. I, have, you, have you watched Dune, the new one? I have not. It was pretty long. It, it definitely picked up and got better. But like the beginning... It was, okay, let's put it like this. It was probably the most beautiful movie I've ever seen shot. So I'll definitely give Denny Villeneuve that. It was it was just gorgeous. But there's a lot of, like, just ponderousness and slowness at the beginning. To the point where, like, it took me three times of watching to get through the first 30 minutes. But after that, I was able to, you know, watch the next two hours plus in, in one sitting, like, like, nothing. But yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like three sittings to get through 30 minutes of movie. Right. Um, I did that with another movie that's on this list later. Um, one question. I've never <laughs> seen any Dune. Should I start with the original? Well, um, 
No, I would say just go for the new one. I mean, the, the original one is basically going to be what part one, and then this part two that they're going to start filming now. All all of it condensed into one movie. So you know, you already have part one, which is longer in entirety than the entire original movie was. Gotcha. Okay. So I mean, you're just lo- losing out on so much. I mean, it's it's not a bad movie by any means, but it, again, it's really slow at the beginning, and it just like I could see where somebody who doesn't know the story would be interested because they're they're fighting out all this shit at the at, for for the first time, but like somebody who's read the book and seen the movie and then seen the miniseries that they made and sci sci fi, you know, having to sh- sit through like just fucking. It's not even exposition. A lot of it's just like, oh, this is happening, and now we're going to show like a scene of like the spaceship lifting out of the water for like a minute kind of shit. Uh, see, I actually have the DVD of the miniseries that you referred the <laughs> remake one. I yeah. never watched it though. And it, they they all it's again it's like one of those things where it's like nothing is perfect, and each one of them has a little something to recommend it. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, so fuck the Tommy Knockers. Uh, <laughs> fuck them so hard. Uh, Needful Things. Yes. Good movie. Dude, this, when I, when people say, what's a good Stephen King movie I may have not seen, this is almost always my recommendation because, uh, you know, it, it falls in that middle ground where it's not the most popular movie, so it did fall through the cracks for a lot of people. I'm like... Give it a shot. Leland Gaunt is a hell of a villain. And Ed Harris is perfect in his role. And, like, they did so many good side characters. And the performances of the side characters were impeccable, in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, Bonnie Bedelia. Yes. um, And actually, guilty pleasure, I'll say Amanda Plummer and uh, the girl lady that played Wilma... uh, Jesus Christ, I have it written down. Uh, Valerie Bromfield played Wilma Jerzyk. I thought those two stuck out really well, as well did uh, J.T. Walsh in his role. But, like, everybody played, like, it was a fascinating thing. Is is that being remade, or am I making things up? I, if it is, I haven't heard about it. All right, I think I'm making things up at this point. But, yeah, Max, Max von Sydow killed it in this. He's dead now, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, this was my first... Uh, I, I, never, I didn't know who the hell Max von Sydow was, and then when I actually saw The Exorcist, I'm like, oh, Leland Gaunt! I was super excited. <laughs> um, yeah, did you ever see the Rick and Morty episode based on it? I have not, no. Uh, it's It's quite delightful, but... Anyways, do your do your explanation thing. I always enjoy these. No, it was it was a good movie, and it was pretty pretty true to the book too. So I I can't rec well I can I it, I can recommend this. There we go. Blah. What who who is better as sheriff, uh, Rucker or Harris? I might have to say Scott Glenn, but that's just because you know instead of. A two-hour movie. He had seven or eight episodes of of a TV show to to make the same character. But okay, Harris. Out of out of those, just those two, Harris. Scott Glenn was also in The Leftovers, right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch The Leftovers. Okay, I, I would say too, but 
then you get addicted to, like after the first two seasons, and then you get season three and you go, why? Yeah. So that's what I've yeah. heard. My wife really liked it, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Needful things though, fantastic, underrated as all hell, entertaining as all hell film. Highly, highly recommended by me at the very least. All right, and that brings us to the Stand miniseries. Mm. All right, Ken, I'll let you. I'll let you take the lead on this because I know the Stand is your favorite Stephen King. So, once again, a book that I've actually read. Um, this, you know, it's it's like it's weird that like I'm not a huge like good versus evil type thing type fan, but like this was so well done because unlike the later one, the the actual story it gives you the option of saying, would I want to have faith in this old black lady in Colorado or do I want to try, like, go get technologically advancement and, like, but it's possibly under an evil dude. Like, what way do I want to go? And, you know, you can make an argument for going either way, quite frankly, and I found just that alone fascinating. Then you get all the characters that are mostly beautifully written in the book that doesn't fully always translate into the 94 version or the remake for that matter but there's enough great characters such as randall flag who you know i know you and i both agree he's one of the best antagonists um, uh, i mean it doesn't help or hurt excuse me that like he's under so many names he's the same character in like so many of stephen king's stories yeah, yeah like actually, you, you marked like last one i guess he who walks behind the rose is supposed to be a version of him leland gaunt is supposed to be a version of him randall flag is supposed to be a version of him uh merlin from some of the dark tower stuff dark and Eyes of the dragon is supposed to be a version of him so i mean yeah he's just fucking all over the place right and jamie sheridan from law and order fame nails the role like he did a really good job the one thing i remember not liking about him is at the very end with the special effects i was like oh yeah that that special effect and when he has sex with nadine that was a horrible scene and yet you know 20 some years later they still fucked it up like so there's no satisfactory sex scene between those two which <laughs> like shouldn't be that difficult to make that scene better quite frankly like i'm not like asking for hardcore porn i'm just saying you could make the special effects look better whatever but um i mean the cast is just phenomenal Stu redmond played by gary sinise who you know also had forrest gump came out same year i believe um ruby d who was like only in her 50s or 60s playing old ass mother abigail um ozzy davis who was her husband uh both of them were in do the right thing uh he plays the judge you got miguel ferrer i don't know if i'm pronouncing ferrer ferrer he was a fantastic actor who's now dead unfortunately we'll be talking about him later um matthew frewer as trash can man was a great performance um, I'm sure I'm missing more, but like this, this Tom was Molly, Molly Ringwald's comeback. Fuck Molly Ringwald, she ruined that. I'm sorry, she okay. did. This was also I, Rob Lowe's comeback after Rob this, Lowe was fantastic after yeah. the sex scandal that he yeah. had with the uh, yeah. So I was really glad we got that because I like Rob Lowe, and we'll but, come back to him later because I think he did a great job in the Salem's Lot remake. 
I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name that played Tom Collin. It's Bill, Bill Fogerbach. F- F- yeah, 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 like Dauber from Coach. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to say Patrick from SpongeBob because I don't like SpongeBob, but that's where most people probably know him from now. Uh, and it, it was just this tour de force. I mean, Kareem fucking Abdul-Jabbar was in it as the monster shouter, and Ed Harris and Kathy Bates had small roles. Ray McKinnon, who is now kind of well-known, has uh, the role of Charlie Campion, the guy that starts, that escapes the military base when shit goes... Like, it just... Even um, Shawnee Smith was in it. Who? Shawnee Smith from Saw. Oh, my God. Shawnee Smith. My God, yes. I fucking... I I forgot what his name was, but Parker Lewis. Oh, yeah. Corin Nemec played Harold. What a... Yeah, I fucking hated that guy. He made me... (laughs) You made me hate that. <laughs> I was like, good job. You made me fucking dislike your character. <laughs> like, all in all, it just... The, the parts were greater than the whole. The, some this, of the parts was greater than the whole. This feels like a miniseries that if it had the budget, would have been way better. If it had the budget, and I would say two more hours, because it didn't yeah, I mean, need it was, all the time that yeah. the new one did. But it needed more time. That's all. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, um, Mick Garris, again, at the head of it, and his wife, Cynthia, played Susan Stern. Mm. So, yeah. I can't say enough good things about it. I, it's not my highest rated Stephen King thing by any means, but it's one of the most enjoyable ones I've seen time and time again. Yeah, it was good. So, And I remember actually watching it every night as it was on, on TV. So that was. <laughs> so I made the mistake. I thought I had an eight-hour VHS tape, so I went and recorded it. And by the time night four came, all of a sudden I looked. I'm like, "Oh shit! I'm just using the six-hour tapes." So I had to go and record over something else. So I end up on two VHS tapes. Yeah, I wore the uh, shit out of those tapes. Remember, you remember that fucking shit from back in the day? Thank you, DVDs. Oh God, yes. So, so then we come to I don't know. I don't know if we can say that this is the best, but probably one of the top two or three Stephen King things. Yeah. And again, it's another non-horror movie, but The Shawshank Redemption. The single most played movie on TNT of all time? Uh, that sounds like it's probably a true fact. I, I bet it is. I'd be willing to bet my life on it. I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't, this is just such a fucking... It's a hard movie to watch, I think, in some ways. Um, there are definitely scenes that bothered me, you know, but it's it's a realistic kind of fucking shit, rather than, you know. Um, uh, supernatural or whatever kind of horror. But, yeah, just a fucking... What a, I mean, what a cast. Oh my god, what, dude. The I, direction... I, like, yeah, it, it's. You can definitely uh, tell why they come back to Frank Darabont with a lot of um, Stephen King stuff as well, because like he just knocked it out of the park with this movie. And why a lot of people were loyal to Frank Darabont, from that to The Mist to The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Like, yep. there's th- three people from The Mist that were in Walking Dead, um, and Jeffrey Demun was also in Shawshank. I mean, Clancy Brown, Bob Gunton. This was the first time I knew who the hell William Sadler was. Uh, I didn't. 
honestly, I don't know if I'd seen hardly any Morgan Freeman, possibly like Driving Miss Daisy, but I don't. I think I the first thing, much. the first thing I really remember seeing Morgan Freeman in was you know the Kevin Costner Robin Hood, which I think came oh, out yeah, the, right. the year before maybe. Azim, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So that was like two, three. I think Robin Hood came out in '91. So yeah. yeah. But I remember Tim Robbins from being like comedies, and then you know seeing him in something serious like this. You know, I was like, damn, fuck. Right. So I mean, this this put Clancy Brown not on the map because he was already on the map from Highlander. Yeah, it brought him back because it had been like a couple of years where he hadn't really done anything, or if it was, it was just like really bit parts kind of shit. And to me, he is. I think he's the definitive voice of Lex Luthor as far as cartoon. Oh, definitely. Definitely. He's perfect. So, yeah, there's just a lot to love. Now, I didn't include, as I alluded to in part A of this podcast, I didn't include this for, like, best actors because, I mean, this fucking thing won so many... Yeah, and if you put it it in, it's hard to choose anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. It's like you put it up with... Misery and Shining, and then it's like Green Mile. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like its own section, and I'll tell you, th- this was one of the most disappointing things of my lifetime. I remember renting this, seeing it, loving it, and thinking, "Great, I'm gonna buy this for my mom." So I bought it for her for either Christmas or her birthday. I can't remember which. I showed it to her, and she's like, eh, "It's okay." <laughs> I was just like, the, "What?" Well, the I mean, it, at least you didn't buy her sleepwalkers. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you have that point. Russ, Russ probably got that for his mom. <laughs> I kind of want to buy that for for Christmas, dude. I'll tell you what I bought Russ for Christmas this year. It's the worst gift I've ever bought anybody. <laughs> I bought him Salo on Blu-ray. What? Salo. I don't even know what that is. Oh. You don't want to know. I probably uh, don't. Salo, <laughs> or 120 Days of Sodom, made in the 70s, is one of the filthiest films ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been meaning to get it to for him for like decades. Well, at least a decade. And every time it goes on sale, I didn't have money. This year, I finally found it for 20 That's on sale. Normally, it's 40 So I finally got it for him. And I bought myself a copy because I'm a sick fuck. Well, good to know. Good to know. Yep. Riding high. And, you know, the weird thing, just go back to Shawshank for a moment. Like, think about how ridiculous. I I still don't know if there's been a better year for movies, for top movies, than that year. Considering that went against Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction, and it didn't win shit, really, for the Oscars. I don't think it won an Oscar. It was nominated. Mm. But it didn't win. Yeah, 94 was a good year. I mean, actually, you know, 2019 also was, or 2018 into 2019, whatever. Like, that was a surprisingly deep year for, for movies. Like, a lot of top-tier movies. Was but, that the year that, like, Joker in 20, or 1917? and Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good year, too. Yeah. I saw all almost right. I saw almost all the Best Picture nominees that year. I, yeah, the only one I haven't seen, I don't think it was nominated, was uh, Motherless Brooklyn. I've been meaning to I saw it. that. That was good. That was good. I finally saw that. It was on, I think it was on HBO. Oh, okay. Um, which, okay, which brings us to the Mangler. 
Now, see, I'm surprised you didn't have this as your worst movie, because this may be my... I have never finished The Mangler, despite it having Robert Englund in it. And Ted Levine. I mean, that's yeah. that's too good. I don't know. You know what? The, the, the movie was fucking stupid. But I have a, a slight... It's Hooper. I know. I have a slightly... Like, I like the short story, which was... Com- I don't want to say completely different, but pretty different. So I give it a little bump there. I someday I'm gonna watch maybe probably next October. I I, I was gonna force myself this year, but I, I I just didn't. But I will eventually force. So so the movie's about a possessed laundry folding machine that starts killing people, <laughs> and in the book it, it is too, but they they go to exercise it and the demon gets free and it kills everybody. So, I don't know. Right. What the fuck was he thinking? I don't know. I, I, you know, I think they were probably like low budget. We got Robert Englund. We'll probably make, we'll make some money off of doing, you know, like schlock. I'm asking what the fuck was Stephen King thinking? Like a laundry folding machine possessed by a demon? That's a sto- That's the story you go with? I don't. I, I'm sorry. I should not be calling that the master of horror. But simultaneously, I have to question that one. I I do. I have to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Obviously, he writes whatever pops into his fucking head. So good for him. I mean, he makes money writing some really weird shit, and I'm sure this movie was probably profitable. But oh, yeah, it's just a tough watch. That's all. And then we come into another um, horror-adjacent uh, <laughs> movie. Yeah, boy. Um, Dolores Claiborne. And uh, we're seeing a, a bunch of recycles at this point now um, with Kathy Bates. Uh, Bob Gunton. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's Again, it's not scary at all. You know, this might be one of like the least scary movies in his whole filmography but I mean I think it's it's a good movie I th- I, the performances are fucking strong um so this was probably the most surprising thing when I was doing all the numbers and my ratings and stuff um I think this was my number five rated Stephen King movie I've always said that this movie was fantastic, and I think probably when I reviewed it, I must have thought the same thing. I, I've only seen it like two or three times, but every time I've walked away saying this movie's fantastic. Not as great as Misery, but it's still really fantastic. I thought all the performances, I thought the story, I loved a lot of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm not going to lie. I love David Strathairn. I think he's he's really an underrated actor. Yeah, you know, He doesn't get a lot of credit in the movies he's in, but, like, I think he always gives really solid performances. Yeah. God, I don't know, man. The, this was just... I think this is the single most underrated Stephen King film. because Just because, you know, it's never talked about when, when people say Stephen King. Like, how often does this even pop up among first ten films discussed about Stephen King? Never. I would say never. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like weird seeing John C. Riley, you know, I don't yeah. know. There's just it's got a great so cast. It's got a great cast. You know, Kathy Bates, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Christopher Plummer, David Strathairn, John, John C. Riley. 
like one of the the handful of movies that Eric Bogosian did. You know, so yeah, it's I don't know. It's to me, I, I'll go so far as to say it's criminally underrated. Even though everybody that I know that's seen it say good things, I still feel when talking about Stephen King, it's just it's not talked about. I I, I think it probably goes back to like normally when people say Stephen King they think of horror. You know what I mean? And even if you've got something like The Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption or Hearts in Atlantis where it's not necessarily a horror movie, there's enough horrific scenes in them. You know, I'm yeah. thinking like the, the blowjob scene in fucking Shawshank. Uh, box. You know, yeah, that kind of stuff where it's, it's still uncomfortable to watch. And Dolores yeah. Claiborne is a lot more straightforward drama, you know, abuse, that kind of shit. Then, right. Yeah, so I don't I mean it's it's definitely a good fucking movie though. Right. Yeah, I I I can't say a ton about it. All I can say is that if you've never seen it, give give it a shot because it, it really it's just really fucking well done. Is it close to like the the book and the movie yeah. go hand? Yeah, they're they're, they're really close. I think, like, the only, I want to say, like, I think the only, like, multiversal thing, you know, like how Stephen King's shit all ties together, is I want to, I want to say, um, and I might be remembering this incorrectly, but I want to say, I think, when the eclipse happens, um, in Gerald's game, she, that's, that's, they, like, see each other. So, like. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they, they tie it's, in together. Because it's been a while since I've read either of them. I mean, you know, like I read Gerald's Game, I think in like 2014, and that was the most recent of the two books. So, did I share with you the theory that I read that uh, Mother Abigail in the Stand may have had The Shining? Uh, I think we briefly mentioned it last podcast, but we never that, really got. I mean, it just, it, it makes sense. She's in Colorado. She has this power. She's not, you know, Randall Flagg is clearly some kind of entity, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Mother Abigail, for all intents and purposes, is a mortal with a power. And I, I even if it's not true, I want to believe that's true. You know, what I would love to see is a map of how close their settlement in Colorado was to the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how far Overlook... Damn it, I have a postcard. I should look... Well, I could just look it up online. See where it is. It's a bold... Well, as we move along... Oh, I'm excited. The Langoliers. Ah. All right. This short... This was a novella, and it was in Four Past Midnight, I think. Yep. yep. Which is... Probably one of my top three Stephen favorite Stephen King books. Like I, I really just loved all the stories in there. I did not see the movie when it came out. It was years later, after I had read the book, and I was like, "Oh man, they they actually made a fucking movie version of this." Um, so remember how we were talking about shitty CGI and Lawnmower Man? Uh-huh. <laughs> this movie actually has even worse. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I watched this within the past month, and first and foremost, let me say, the cast is really quite good. Mm, most of the cast. 
like David Morse, I, I'm always a fan of. I thought uh, Bronson Pinchot, uh, formerly known as Belky Bartakamus, he he had such a shitty role. Like Craig Toomey is a shitty role. What they gave him to work with was shitty, and he's just like, you know what? I'm just going dive headfirst and go for it, and he did it. Uh, the, uh, all right. So, yeah, I like Dean Stockwell. Um, yeah. All right. So. My my biggest problem with this comes screw the CGI. My biggest problem with this comes down to two characters, and that's Dinah. Yep. And Laurel. No, Craig Toomey. Okay. And I mean, he he's okay. You've effectively got a fucking serial killer on the level of like um, what was his name from American Psycho? Andrew Bateman. Yeah. Uh, you know that Bateman. Yeah, that kind of not somebody who's like out and out blatant about it, but some and probably not even a serial killer because I don't think he feels the need to constantly kill people. But you know, definitely somebody who's quiet, and they fucking have him go so over the fucking top with that fucking performance that it's it's like you said, like that. I I blame the script because they and the director they didn't they didn't I don't think they got the character. No, no way. And then Dinah was just such oh, uh, maybe she got better. I think we had to talk about this once because I think you said you saw her in something later on, and she was a better actress. Yeah, and she's pretty now. Like yeah. she's really pretty. Like I don't know why she was so. Her performance was so wooden that she made Laurel, who I thought was also had a wooden performance, look fucking like an Oscar worthy. That's how. Yeah, Dinah was like this. She was fucking horrible. I don't know why they. I, did I don't that. like to, to trash individuals, but like, yeah, that was one of the worst. Okay, my list for worst child actors in Stephen King things. <laughs> Kate Maverly is Dinah Bellman, number one, <laughs> number one through five. Yep. I, right. I'm not going to disagree. And the sad thing is, I really like the story. So seeing like such a shitty version kind of sucked, but it is what it is. With that being said, it's weird because, I mean, the dude that made this, the director, I mean, he was the writer of Child's Play. He was a writer for Fright Night. He was a writer for Thinner. Uh, like He's done successful things in the Langoliers. Well, <laughs> this was a TV movie, wasn't it? This was the follow-up to the stand because at the time ABC was doing yearly miniseries, so I was I was all in on this. And I remember once again I was sitting in my buddy Ryan's house, and we were watching this opening night, and oh, like we just were like, what what the fuck are we seeing? It, it just oh, it was so mm. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The CGI just is like. The shittiest cherry on top. <laughs> you, you've been hearing about the Langoliers, like all throughout the thing, and then you finally fucking see them, and you're like, I don't know whether I should be running because they're scary, or if I should be running because they're scary looking. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. It's just. Uh, whatever. I, I don't know. It's just so fucking. I. I. And then at the end, I have so many questions. Like. Uh, so, in theory. Here's my question. Maybe they answer this in the book. Did the original flight come and land missing those people that were the main stars of the Langoliers? And did anybody question, like, why these people were missing? 
No, if I remember correctly, um, <laughs> the the plane disappears, you know, into wherever the fucking Langolier land is. And then when they show up, they're the only ones left alive on the plane. So it's it's just that still that original plane. It's like they, they leave and come back. Uh, I don't I don't remember if time passed or not because it kinda ends before they touch down after um after what's his face basically dies, you know, staying awake to pilot them back through the rift. The British dude, yeah. Yeah. Um so I mean that's that's where it, well no I think it was David Morse's character in the book. How oh, sacrifices himself because he was a he was a pilot. Um, yeah. To get them back through and and like they don't remember what happened when they wake up or any of it so. Oh, well, yeah the movie ver uh, the and the worst part is all right I I know we've just chat on this for at least three to four minutes. It's a guilty pleasure because I sit there and I I have fond memories of making fun of it. It's not a good movie. It's fun as hell to make fun of though. I could definitely see doing like a Mystery Science Theater three thousand thing. <laughs> Would there, be fun ex- for it. Yeah. Precisely. Yes. So Alright, moving, moving on. on. <laughs> we hit thinner. Um I didn't see this until much later. I think I was in my thirties. Oh wow, really? Okay. Yeah. It was just one of the ones like I was interested in when it came out, but for whatever reason, yeah, you know, I never it never was on like channels that I had access to, or like it, when I went to the video store, it was never you know the one thing that I needed to rent from Video World. Well, yeah, it didn't have a huge amount of hype. I mean, the promotional material wasn't that great. The only reason, so once again, mid nineties cable services finally like had pay-per-view for movies so you could sit at home and rent it for six bucks and mm. i was like okay i'm a kid i can't drive so yes i'll do that uh, that's the only reason i end up seeing it so you know after, so quickly after release i i don't know like honestly i thought it was good i don't know how it compares to the book but i thought some of the performances were good especially uh i love joe montagna yeah yeah, no, I, I really, th- again, it was kind of maybe a little bit more down to earth than a lot of his other supernatural shit. But I thought it was a, a really good movie, and the special effects were definitely really good. Yeah, wow, Carrie Wurr was in a good movie. I don't understand that. Those two things don't go hand in hand. Yeah, I I hear you. <laughs> they really don't. But good for her. It- like the lead was good and I liked I liked the ending like I thought like at the time you didn't get many endings that were I don't want to say cruel it wasn't I don't, I don't know what the term is it was just I, I liked the idea that you know his daughter ate the pie or what whatever it was right mm-hmm. like it was his daughter well, he fed it to his wife and then when he woke up after she died, he found out that his daughter had eaten some too. So, in the in the book, he eats it to kind of like, you know, because he knows that his daughter's going to die now too. Uh, in the movie, though, it ends with um, the dude who was screwing around with his wife showing up, knocking it like, "Hey, where's uh, where's Heidi?" And he, he's like, "Oh, why don't you come in and have some pie?" Okay, there you go. Yeah, so like the the, the ending was a little different. But um, 
Yeah, I like it. It was kind of like a whole Just Desserts kind of thing. It was almost a Tales from the Crypt end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was just, I don't know, it wasn't a movie to take too seriously. A lot of it could have been, you know, tongue-in-cheek, but it was overall an enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like I thought, what did they, they shot like a fucking BB through his hand with a slingshot? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Tom, wait, Tom Holland directed this? Oh yeah, I just got done saying that like a few minutes ago. God damn it. I mean, it's a good thing you pay attention. <laughs> to, to myself. To what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing this out. All right, I'll um... That brings us to a couple ones I've never seen, so I have no no basis for comparison. But Quicksilver Highway, never saw it. All right, that makes us really easy to move on. Uh, the Night Flyer. This is one I wish I had seen. I've never seen, but I read the short story, and it is a short story. It's only like four or five pages long. But um, from every everything I've every review I've heard, I've heard that the movie's good, and it's a really interesting vampiric take. But Unfortunately, I've never seen it, so... I'm pretty sure I own it, and it stars Miguel... Can't say his Ferrar. last name. And Ferrar. I definitely have seen it once, and I remember really liking it, and I just... I don't have the memory capacity to remember much else other than... I remember, like, actually recommending it to people, but to talk competently about it right now, I, I got nothing. Yeah, I mean... For me, it's it's weird that they were able to take such a short story and turn it into a full-length movie. You know, they just had to really, really expand on, like, fucking everything in it. Well, Children of the Corn Part 17 says hello. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) All right, so that brings us to the Shining miniseries on TV. The King Edition. I remember watching this, and I was like... It's so it's okay. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what the Yeah, I didn't I hadn't read the book yet. And so I didn't really and I had only vague memories of like seeing parts of the original, so I didn't really remember like what the differences were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely not recommended to watch this and the original on the same day because a lot of things are glaringly weak in this one, but if you don't really remember much from the original and just kind of sit and take this in, it's really not bad for a miniseries. It it, it got shit on way worse than it should have. Yeah. Because you're comparing it to fucking Stanley Kubrick, one, one of, if not the greatest director of all time. Like, of course it's not going to be up to that standard, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, like, the acting was competent. I thought Steven Weber was great as, in, as Jack. I thought Rebe- Rebecca De Mornay was as good as she could be without being tortured by the yeah, oh yeah. director. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There was, there was some fun performances uh, overall. Um, it just, it wasn't Kubrick's. And there was no hedge garden maze, so that hurt a lot, in my opinion, because to me, having never read the book, I'm only basing it off film, that hedge garden maze, like, 
that's such a that's such a traumatizing thing from my childhood that to not have it and just have these fucking hedge animal fucking come to life. My mm. God, what a shitload of fuck that was. Yeah. So I mean, it's overall decent. Yeah, good, good stuff, bad stuff. Um, definitely closer to the the book because you know that was like the whole fucking idea behind making it. But I I think this is one reason you know one I one spot where like the movie trumps the book version. Definitely. I did. I didn't realize Shawnee Smith and Elliot Gould were in this. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember them from it. So like. I mean, Elliot obviously, obviously I know who Elliot one? Gould and Charlie Smith are, but... Was Elliot Gould the one that hired Jack to run the Overlook? I feel he, like that... It might have been. I mean, I don't, I don't fucking that, remember. I don't know. That's my best guess. Yeah. I've also seen Pat Hangle. So, it's a good cast. It's just, once again, I mean, could you imagine somebody trying... Well, this is a horrible example. All right, Full Metal Jacket. Trying to make Full Metal Jacket into a TV miniseries. It ain't going to work. Yeah, yeah, no. I was going to use Clockwork Orange, and then I'm like, no, that certainly ain't going to work. But you get my point. I do, yeah. All right. That brings us into Apt Pupil. What well, oh, yeah. We, well, Trucks is on the list, but neither one of us has seen it. And I don't want to ruin Maximum Overdrive, although I don't think it'll ever trump Maximum Overdrive. Just throwing <laughs> So... Um, people. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Um, it's a movie that was solid, and I don't ever want to see it again. I've seen it twice. I'm never going to get anything more out of it. I thought uh, Ian McKellen's performance was really good. I actually thought David Schwimmer, who I don't think is a good actor in any way, I thought he was quite good in his small role. And I thought the, I liked the mind games between the main kid and the Ian McKellen's character. Mm. Simultaneously, uh, there's there's nothing there that's saying like, please rewatch me. I'm not. There's nothing more to get from it. Yeah, it was okay. And they're yeah, remaking it, it, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. You know, it's I, this is one where I saw the movie and I never read the book, so I have no comparison there. But it was, yeah, it was, it was decent. It had some effective scenes. Like I like the, the scene towards the end when the the, the guy who he tortured in the concentration camp realizes who he is in the hospital. Oh, that was a good scene. Yes. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like I think the worst, weakest part of it for me was Brad Renfro. He was, yeah. I he just wasn't what that movie needed. No, if they had cast a better kid, I think it would have been a much better movie. Like Ian McKellen, like you said, knocked it out of the park. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is a Brian Singer movie, so maybe he was busy molesting Renfro or something while he was making. I don't. I don't. I mean, that might explain like why we don't see too much of him. Yep. Uh- <laughs> I can't add anything to that because it, it it's, could very well be apt, and the remake is abandoned as of right now. So, not a surprise. All right, and we come into another couple that I've never seen, so I have no opinion on. Um, but Storm of the Century, have you seen that? Yes, and 
so this was the most disappointing thing when I looked at your document that you sent me, mm-hmm. and I saw that you'd never seen this. And so I know that you know the next couple podcasts, you know, we're doing video game, we're doing Christmas movies. My thing is, I want to find you a copy. I want to send it to you, and I want you to watch it so that when we have the next horror-themed podcast, I would like to talk more about this because this is in my top ten favorite Stephen King. Okay. I, yeah, definitely. Like, it's another... It's not quite as full of characters, as good characters as The Stand, for example, but a lot of the characters... You know, it's very Stephen King. You know, Maine, you know, they all have the accent. You got Tim Daly. You know, I mean... How I think it's funny him? that, yeah, have Stephen Weber and Tim Daly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was Thomas Hayden Church busy not like to not do Rose Red? I, I don't know, but um, Jeffrey DeMunn's in it. But Comfior as um, Andre Linoge is one of the best antagonists it, like, dude, I've named video game characters after him. That's my love for this character. So, I don't want to overhype it. I do feel that you will really enjoy it, though. I'm, and I'll even say this. Like, it's weird, but my mom always likes watching it in the winter. Like, I try like to sit down with her like once a year and watch it for some reason, even though it's incredibly dark. <laughs> so, I, I don't want to say much more and give away much. It's just... Uh, I think I do really think you'll enjoy it. Okay. So we can move right along. All right. Um, then we come to the Rage Carry Two, which is another one I've never seen. All right. So and people are wondering, well, why didn't you include Children of the Corn Two? Because Chris asked me this question, and I have a very good reason because I did. Um, <laughs> I also included Firestarter Two. The only reason I included these two, the Rage especially, was that the Rage actually had. Uh, theatric. It was in the theater. I don't even know if Children of the Corn Two made it to the theater. Or yeah, that might have been a straight to straight to video. Right, and Firestarter Two. I don't know if that went straight to video. It's a TV miniseries, so there you go. Um, the Rage Carry Two sucked. I guess that's the only reason. It, I, I, you know, I think we talked about this briefly before we had our debacle and not able to start the other night. But yeah, it's. I don't even know anybody who fucking like liked it enough to fucking shit on it. Uh, I mean, really, they brought back Amy Irving. That's the only like real uh, attachment from the original, and it just—I mean, fuck, man, Zachary Ty Bryan's in it. <laughs> and, and for anybody that doesn't know who that is, he was the oldest brother in Home Improvement. So yeah. We're really scraping the bottom of the fucking barrel here. So it, it just it wasn't wasn't good. I just kind of wanted to insult it, and um, you know, I mean, we've had three versions of Carrie and a sequel to Carrie, and nothing has come close. Maybe it's time to stop. I would say yes. All right, that's all I got. All right, um, then we come to. Another one that's probably in my top three, Stephen King's, um, The Green Mile. Again, not really a horror movie. Maybe a little horror adjacent, but God, what a, just what a good movie. Like, Tom Hanks fucking, has got to be one of the best actors of all time. 
Yeah. And then you get fucking Michael Clark Duncan, David Morse again. Uh, fucking uh, Sam Rockwell was fucking great in it. Oh, my. I, that was my first ex- experience with Sam Rockwell. My God, what a treat. Uh, was Jeffrey DeMond in it? I think he was. Yep, Jeffrey DeMond, uh, Graham Greene, James Cromwell, Barry Pepper. I mean, just Pepper. a fuck. Harry uh, Dean Stanton. Oh, yeah. William Sadler. I love Cromwell. Yeah, Cromwell like, just was really a f- good. A fucking great cast and just a good movie. I mean, I for- oh, I forgot what the what the fuck was the the little guy's name? You know, the one who gets fucking um, uh, De- Delacroix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing him for the first time as a uh, a drag queen stripper in. Uh, the Fisher King by um, uh, Terry Gilliam. Yeah, that, that has a uh, fucking Jeff Bridges in it, right? Yep. Yeah, that guy, that guy fucking, again, he's another character actor who just fucking really, like Brad Dourif, he always fucking nails his fucking part. I will say, I'm trying to think, this was one of like less than five times I've ever cried in the theater. Not happy about that, but god damn it, that's how good this movie was and how attached I got to characters in this movie. Yeah, it was just a I don't I don't you know, like one of my my favorite bloggers that I follow, he was doing like a, a best Stephen King thing. And he's like is like oh Stephen King's best stories are almost like when he doesn't write like Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, man, I would have to agree. I mean like Stuff like this and Shawshank and Dolores Claiborne, like, just fucking really good. And yet, it's it's almost like when he has to force himself to to write outside of his comfort zone that he hits that kind of high mark. Yeah, it, it's really weird. But damn, I remember I remember when the books came out. Once again, this is weird. I didn't I never finished reading all of them, but I remember the first like when the first book came out. I was like end up uh gosh i may have even had my dad bring me i may have had to go somewhere and i was like gotta stop at the bookstore i really want to get this i really wanted to uh you know read it and i remember i think i read like the first two books because it was like six books right when it first came out uh which one green mile it came oh yeah it came out serialized yeah um yeah i don't remember i didn't read them when they were with the individual you know like little I read it, um, you know, when they compiled it after, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, I remember getting them, like, individual, and I was like, ah, oh, it was good. I remember reading it. It was good. Um, Yeah, not, I don't have anything, I have nothing negative to say about it. If I had to grade it, it'd be in the high eights, probably, for me, maybe even a nine. It was fucking yeah, good. It's just really good. It's really good. Um. Then we go through a whole year where we didn't get anything. I don't know what was up with that. Maybe he did. Y2K took it off. Uh, but in 2001, we hit Hearts in Atlantis. Mm. I yeah. I mean I I think I don't I wouldn't say that it's great, but I think it's definitely like good all around good. But again, it's it's not a horror movie. It's I don't even want to say it's horror, Jason. It's just more of like a just a, a coming of age drama. 
yeah. I mean, it's and closer it, to Stand By Me than it is any horror. Yeah. We get a lot of a lot of Stephen King regulars. You know, David oh, Morse yeah. again. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. But, uh, like, Anton Yelchin, I fucking really liked as a an actor, and I'm fucking really sad that he died so early. I'm surprised this was Hopkins' only t- try at uh, Stephen King. I would like to... S- I don't know what else he would do, but... I, I was know. I was reading... Um, uh, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's a trivia for this. It's like he was t- reading a book about, like, psychic activity. Uh, and then he was like, you know, I'd, I'd love to to do a Stephen King story, and I'd love to do a, a movie with William Goldman. And then they called him up the next day, and they're like, hey, do you want to do this Stephen King movie that William <laughs> Goldman's directing? Jesus. He was like, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> like, this movie, I don't know, man. It, I remember I've seen it like three or four times now, and like, I don't know why it hits me in a weird way, and like, I, I just think it's a beautiful film. Like, I, I don't want to say it's like great, but there's like certain sadness, certain beauty to it that yeah, I, I just I, I adore the movie, and it's a movie that most people don't even know it exists, nonetheless don't know that Stephen King did it, and I'm like, you really need to give it a shot, but don't expect it to be like Stephen King. You just need to watch it and pretend it's not Stephen King. Just give it a shot. And yeah. I've never had anybody say like it was bad or anything. No, not at all. So, yeah. The one thing I'll say is just I don't like Hope Davis as an actress. So, Fair enough. All right, uh, then we move on to Rose Red. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, all right, what'd you think? Uh, watched it when it first came out. Don't remember it. I thought I had it on DVD. Couldn't find it. I had a rip of it. Did not play on my computer. I gave up. I did not like it. I, I, I don't remember enough of it to tell you why I didn't like it. Um, and this is one of the cases where I think, like, the, like there's no Rose Red. I think this was, he wrote the diary, diary of Ellen Rimbauer, and they did Rose Red right around the same same time at the same thing. So it was, like tie-ins without actually being you know straight up based on one of the others but i just i remember watching it and i was like god this this is doing nothing to scare me or to keep my interest or you know anything like i was like it was long it was like four and a half hours i think yeah i was like this is just basically straight up middle of the road kind of not good I'll offer this up to you. It's weird that every girl that I know that's into horror movies seems to really like Rose Red. I I don't know if it maybe appeals to women more than it does men. Just the theory I'm going to toss out there. I don't know. I I will say this, though. Like, I vaguely remember this more than I do remember, like, The Diary of Ellen Rimbauer or Kingdom Hospital. Like, yeah. I don't remember anything about those. I, I remember the commercials for Kingdom Hospital, and I think I 
may have tried watching an episode and no. And Diary of Ellen Rimbauer, I don't think I ever even tried, so. Alright. Um, so that brings us on to the Dead Zone TV show. I didn't even know this was a thing until like years later. Wait, I, I should point out Oh wait, yeah, you're right. God damn it. I thought Firestar two was next. My bad. It's okay. It's okay. Um I don't did you watch any of this? No, I owned uh at least four seasons. I don't know if it went longer than four seasons, but I had four seasons on D V D. I still might. Um yeah, I'm not sure. I, I six seasons. Yeah, I um I never watched it. I heard good things about it, but it's probably something I would enjoy if I gave gave it a chance. I, I mean, I like Anthony it. Michael Hall. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll probably never watch it. Honestly, <laughs> I, I probably I just I like how you're I, honest. <laughs> yeah, like I have good intentions on certain things, but yeah. that's all I got. Yeah, there, there you go. I got you. Same here. <laughs> All right, Firestarter 2, Kent. Let's go. The only thing, I, I'm just, I was just looking at the cast list. I was like, Dennis Hopper and Malcolm McDowell. And yeah, I still don't think it was that good. That's all I have. Like, I don't know. That should be better, right? But yeah, I never I never saw it. So, Mal- Malcolm McDowell is John Rainbird. Now, how is John Rainbird in this? I Did he get killed in Firestarter? I thought so. I don't. I don't know, dude. I, I I never saw it, so I can't tell you. I watched it once. I was not impressed. So, uh, I guess our my parting thought is: How is John Rainbird alive? There we go. Then we uh, hit Carrie, the TV movie, which I never saw. All right, I will say this: Out of all the Carrie stuff that wasn't the original this was actually the best because Angela Bettis is a really good actress in in my opinion I thought she was great in May and she she was actually way better than Grace Chloe Moretz as Carrie I, I thought she the problem with the newest Carrie was that I didn't buy her as like the character uh, I've seen her in too much other stuff. I just didn't buy her mm-hmm. as Carrie. Whereas Angela Bettis, like the stuff I've seen her in, I was like, yes, yes. Like I can totally see her in this role. And it, it played off well. And also Patricia Richardson or Patricia Clarkson is a pretty decent actress. And that was Carrie's mom in this version. I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and say, go out and watch it. But I still think it's probably the second... I think it's better than the newest one. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'll accept that. And then we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. Going on. Uh, so then we hit Dreamcatcher. Yeah. I really like Dreamcatcher. And again, it's another one that I always see left off of lists. Um, it was the first thing I ever saw Damian Lewis in, and I actually really like him as an actor. Same here. Same here. Uh, we get another Morgan Freeman appearance, which is nice. Um, first of like three or four Thomas Jane appearances. You know what? I did. I leave off. I might have left this off, but I think one of the scariest scenes. Yeah, 
I'm going to have to revise my list. But um, the the toilet scene with... Um, ah, uh, with Beaver? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, the ass blasters. I, I think that works out really good. And, you know, like, there are times when you, like, see somebody act in something and you're like, wow, they're a shitty act. Like, seeing... Uh, Donnie Wahlberg, you know, for the first time in The Sixth Sense, you know, for the the one scene that he's in. It's like, I don't know if this guy's got a fucking future as an actor after being, you know, my favorite singer in New Kids on the Block. But, um, yeah, he was decent in uh, in Ransom. But, you know, seeing him able to do something like Duddits. Yeah. I was like, Duddits, wow. man. Pretty good. I mean, this cast is deep. Like Sizemore, Timothy Oliphant. Before I knew who Timothy Oliphant like, was, yeah, right. Like I'd seen him in Scream Two and didn't know who the fuck he was. Uh, was this? This was before Saw. So, I mean, I knew Donnie from New Kids on the Block, and I yep. didn't know Damian Lewis. I didn't know Thomas. This would be before Punisher, right? Pretty yeah, sure. I would have only seen Thomas Jane in what? Uh, shit. 93 yeah like he just wasn't like a I mean I don't even know if he's still a big name now but it's a name that I know at least like a lot of people know like Jason Lee I mean he hadn't done My Name is Earl he'd just done like people knew him from what was it Dogma or yeah uh, Dogma had come out yeah but Mallrats yeah Uh, so like it just it was really like this cool thing where like there was a lot of these young guys that end up being relatively successful. Um, it, it, and Duddits, I mean, I, I I'm kind of cheating here, but I know that you and I both think very highly of Duddits. Yeah, yeah it's. I, I Do you ever watch like the deleted scenes? No. One of the deleted scenes that they they did, they I don't think they. F- fully did all this the the post-production on it but at the end when Duddits and Mr. Gray are confronting each other they had Duddits turn into what he actually looked like and it just I don't think it worked anywhere near as well as the way they filmed it originally but again you know this was another one where like I wasn't expecting uh, the uh, like kill count that we ended up getting I mean like half the main characters fucking dead (laughs) Like three quarters yeah. of them. So, so, like, you had bullying, you had kids bully, getting bullied. Like, this was pure Stephen King. And the first time I saw this, I did not like it. But I was like, there's enough here for me to go back. And the second time, I'm like, ah, I get it now. And since then, I, I've loved it. And I liked how uh, they had, uh, fuck, whatever character it was with the mental library and then you see them kind of use that again in Dr. Sleep. Yeah. I I liked that. Uh, There's just a lot here to like. All in all. Yeah. Underrated. It is. Very underrated. Um, Alright, so then we come to the diary of Ellen Rimbauer. Yeah, uh, I didn't fucking like this either. I didn't watch it, so got nothing. There we go. Okay, moving on. Um, ah. Secret Window. Mmm. Uh... I would say that along with Dreamcatcher, this is probably one of the most underrated Stephen King um, movies. Yeah. 
once again, aside from Dolores Claiborne, the rating I gave this was like a 7.8 or something like that. I was like, holy shit, I must have really loved this movie. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, John Turturro is John Shooter. I was like, oh, this movie was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Maria Bello's just kind of, like, sometimes she's good, sometimes she's okay, but between Johnny Depp, John Turturro, Timothy Hutton, Charles Dutton. Yeah, it was, oh, a, Dutton. <laughs> it was a really good movie. And, you know, again, like, for whatever is going on in his personal life and for, like, how outlandish he got in a lot of, like, the um, Tim Burton and, like, Pirates shit... Johnny Depp had a period where he was doing like a lot of character pieces and you know, just show his fucking range. Yeah, and I, I've, I'm, you know, I'm genuinely curious to see like in five to ten years how history will play out with Depp after all the Amber Heard stuff because I don't know. I feel like public opinion has now started swaying back towards Depp and against her. I it's weird because like a lot of it will depend on where you're looking. Like there's definitely like. A, a portion of the internet that was always for him no matter what, and then there's a portion that was always for her no matter what, and then... Like the blind loyalty, yeah. Yeah, and then f- weird facts have come out, you know, like... So, who who the fuck knows? I'm not... Right. I wasn't there for any of it. You know, if, well, no matter how you look at it, it definitely was not, like... They shouldn't have been married in the first place. It wasn't a good situation. Yeah. That, yeah. But, yeah, John Turturro it so- never makes anybody's lists of, like, the best actors, but he's fucking awesome. He's, he's really cream of the crop when it comes to like character actor or even more substantial than the character actor, but yeah. Like John Shooter's fucking creepy. He was in two of like the most influential films of the nineties. Like I don't know many people that could say that but he was in Big Lebowski and he was in Rounders and no matter what you want to say Rounders was hugely influential because that started the fucking poker craze and Big Lebowski was I mean still one of the hugest cult classics for comedy I mean the guy knows what the fuck he's doing yeah yeah. and you're right about Maria Bello and it's funny because she's in another Stephen King movie we'll get to and she was not good in that either but I absolutely adore her in other things yeah like I thought she was really good in the remake of Assault on Precinct 13 I liked her in ah shit the one with Viggo Mortensen Ed Harrison Um, the 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 western mm -mm, no 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 um Oh my God, Viggo Mortensen. He oh oh um, history of violence. There you go. Yeah, I Yo, love that movie, dude. Yeah, okay. That fucking help, that stairway scene. Yeah, Jesus oh. Christ. Oh yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on, Ken. <laughs> uh, all right, so then we come to the the Salem's Lot miniseries in two thousand four. Uh, did you ever see it? No, I was really going to this year, but I was like, I don't, I I don't want to bore. I, I want to overdo the story and be feel bored if it's really good, you know, and give it an unfair review. So I was go hold off on it. I, if I remember correctly, I bought a DVD of this when I came back from Iraq the second time. I was like just going through the the PX. I was like, oh, I like the fucking the original. Let me see what let me see what this is about. 
they did a fucking really good job. Yeah, I was surprised. In the in some ways, they stuck closer to the books in regards to who lived and who died. Um, Rucker Hauer played Barlow, so he didn't look like you know like Maximilian Shrek from Nosferatu. Right. But I really like Rucker Hauer as an actor. Um, yeah, it, it, for me, it worked. Like, well, you got Donald fucking Sutherland as Straker, so that's enough to sell me, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, Rob Lowe was the main guy. Um, Cromwell. Yeah again? yeah, again. And, like, to me, he is Father Donald Callahan. Like, I, I just picture him when I picture the character from, in the books, because he went on in the, the Dark Tower books. Wait, who the fuck is Matt Burke? Um, is it the kid? That's not the kid, is it? No. The kid was Mark. Who the fuck is Matt Burke, then? Uh, he was a white guy in the original one. I don't remember which one he was. He wasn't the doctor. Hmm. Yeah. But, um... It was, it was, it was pretty good. I, I, again, I bought the DVD, so I didn't realize it was a miniseries, just like I didn't realize the original one was a miniseries. So I'm like, wow, this is a pretty long movie. I, I remember they advertised a lot during the NBA playoffs that particular year. That's the only reason I even knew of its existence, because it was on TNT. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'd be happy to. I like Rob Lowe quite a, I, I look at that cast, and it's really good. Yeah. Um, all right, so then, again, we come into a couple that I I either never saw, I don't remember, like, I never, I don't remember, I might have seen Kingdom, I don't think I did. No, I probably didn't, because Kingdom Hospital and Riding the Bullet both came out while I was deployed. So, uh, so yeah, they wouldn't have been something I would have been able to have seen. Okay. So, uh, I don't know if you have opinions. I know you have opinions on Riding the Bullet. I don't know if you have opinions on Kingdom Hospital. Nothing on Kingdom Hospital other than the commercials made me not want to watch it. Okay. Just because you attach Stephen King's name to it doesn't mean that you can just shit on a commercial and expect people to see it. And sure enough, that's pretty much what happened. So, um, writing the bullet, on the other hand, I do own the DVD. I've seen it once. I remember liking it. Uh, Is this... No, that's not the right one that I'm thinking of. No, it is. It has Arquette in it and Barbara Hershey. It... Erica Christensen, like it's not a bad cast. I just don't remember enough to offer any true insight, so I'm kind of useless. I, I read the the book, the short story after it came out. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, what I I do remember is that um, like it it was kind of gimmicky in that it was released as like a like his first e story. You know, he published it like. I don't fucking remember whatever, but it was a periodic, and it was like you could buy a chapter at a time, and oh, it was okay. it was big because it was it wasn't released as a book, you know, it was released online. Um, but yeah, you know, the story was decent. It wasn't like fucking scary or anything. So I don't know how it translated it, into. Uh, it's probably perfectly average. That's the best yeah. I could probably offer. Gotcha. And again, Mick Garris to just go back in. <laughs> Um, God damn it. <laughs> now, I I read Desperation, and it's one of my favorite Stephen King books, but yeah. I never saw the movie, so I don't... Good. Uh, don't. Was it that bad? I 
fucking hated it. Mick Garris and Steven, dude, the cast is really solid. But I remember thinking, what? I mean, dude, it has Henry Thomas, who I really love, and Matt Frewer, who was Trash Can Man, and Kelly Overton, who was in the original The Stand. Like, Ron fucking Perlman. There's so much talent. But. And I don't to mention the fact that there's a shit ton of, like, Stephen King repeats. Yeah. Yeah, to this this point, Ron Perlman, Matt Frewer, Stephen Weber, Tom Skerritt. Yeah, it's just like a who's who. Uh, and, like, it wasn't the... I, I felt the story was weak. And the only thing I will say is that I may have been in a poor mood at the time that I watched it, and that could have affected me. And if that's the case, I apologize for bad-mouthing it, and I will gladly give this another watch. I just didn't do it this year. I didn't care enough to do it for this conversation, in all fairness. But Henry Thomas does play a character named Peter Jackson, so there is that. There we go. Um, the next thing, and this was a surprise to me when I, because I, I, I don't remember where I fucking saw it, but I was like, wow. I just fucking snapped it up as soon as I saw it, but Nightmares and Dreamscapes? Yep. It was Unfortunately, uh, people that, uh, people missed out on our TV, horror TV podcast because Ken's an idiot. Uh, because we did discuss it. Yeah, I think we, I think we, I think we did discuss it more than just about almost anything else, except for maybe the Night Stalker. <laughs> yeah, like because because there was eight different stories, and they yeah. all were, by and large, they were pretty interesting. I, I still have it on DVD. I still do. I have a. I didn't get rid of any of my original DVDs, but you know, like it's hard to watch shit now. Um, just from uh. A technological standpoint, like the the lower resolution is rough for a bunch of shit. Oh god, don't try streaming anything in SD it is maddening. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is fucking. I, I just fucking loved the whole series. Like, again, it's it runs the gamut of all sorts of fucking stories. From, from his career, and not all of them were from Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Um, like well, was major- only like five of them, right? I think? Yeah, I, I, and then I think I think one or two might have been from Everything's Eventual, which is weird because I w- I'm really surprised that that has never gotten a, uh, a movie or a show treatment. Um, didn't, I, I feel like I'm looking through the actors... I'm seeing William Hurt, which I remembered that episode. Kim Delaney, uh, Ron Livingston from Office Space, Jeremy Sisto, who I'm a huge fan of, Elon Bailey, who played Teddy Wiesack in the new The Stand, who I thought was outstanding. Henry Thomas, Stephen Weber, back for more Stephen King stuff. Yep. Like, it just, it was pleasant. William H Macy, I don't know, a lot, a lot more positive than negative, and I've. Heard I actually read some negative comments about it. Like some people really weren't into it, and I was like, I, I don't know. I, I kind of dug it. I I really liked it. Like I don't remember. I don't remember what the order of the episodes were, but um, yeah. Okay, so battleground was the William Hurt one, where he basically gets attacked by a bunch of toy soldiers. 
that was silly as shit, but fun. Yeah, Crouch End, I like. That was the Ian Bailey and Claire Forlani one where they get basically lost in, like, Lovecraft, England. Oh, that was good, yes. Uh, Omni's Last Case. That was that William, the, H. Macy? William H. Macy one. Um, I kind of remember that one, but not the whole. Uh, the, the end of the whole mess really fucking bothered me. That was the one with um, Ron Livingston and Henry Thomas. That one, yeah. Where yeah. where they tried to cure violence and ended up giving the entire planet Alzheimer's. Yeah. Uh, the road virus heads north was the one with um, Tom Berenger. About that was the, the weakest one, I thought. The maybe. haunted, uh, the haunted painting. Yeah. Eh. It was okay. <laughs> the fifth quarter, I don't remember. Uh, there was something with the criminals, right? Yeah. Yeah. A map in four okay. parts, yeah. The autopsy room four was the one about the the guy who got paralyzed and they thought he was dead, so they were going to do an autopsy on him. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. No. I liked it. Uh, and you know they got a hell of a band was the one where... Um, the Stephen husband, Weber. Yeah. <laughs> and they end up meeting all of the uh, the dead uh, fucking music Roy legends. Roy Orbison. Yeah. I'm, I specifically... that may have been my first short story I'd read in Nightmares and Dreamscapes. I don't know why, like, I just randomly went to one. I think that was the first one I read, and so I was excited to see that being made. So, yeah, fond memories of that. That that one was silly as hell, but it was fun. Yeah, I just, I, overall, I really liked the whole series. Um, again, it was, like, a bunch of different types of stories, so it wasn't all focusing on, on one particular thing. And they had a, like you said, they had a great cast. I mean, I'd, overall, movie for movie, it might be harder to find a better cast than, like, It Chapter 2. Yeah. Um, then we move on to 1408. I fucking hated this movie. I it's was so one of happy the, to see that, it's by one the, of the one of the One of my biggest regrets of seeing something in the theater. Yeah, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, the stories and everything's eventual... I could be wrong. Okay. And it's, it's called Room 1408, the story. Yeah. Um, I like the story. And it, this is the time when John Cusack was still riding high in his popularity train. I like John Cusack. I like Samuel L. Jackson. You know, they, and then it, like, it was not fucking scary. I mean, I, I, I can't, they marketed it as like this great horror movie and it was, it just wasn't scary. I don't, no. I don't fucking know how to, like, and it doesn't work because all it was trying to do was be scary. You know, it wasn't trying to be a deep character drama or, you know, a thriller or anything to, to go around it. It was trying to be a horror movie, and it just fucking failed. So, I felt the chemistry between those two was not that great, and I'll say that again when we get to Cell, because I didn't like Cell. And, you know, it's, I don't... It, I just, I don't, it, it was like a movie that should never have been made a movie because there wasn't enough novel, but they didn't expand enough upon the, the other shit to make it enjoyable. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. It was the first and only film that I watched three separate years for my reviews because people kept saying, you're not giving it a fair chance. It's not that bad. And after the third viewing, I was just like, no, nothing about this is going to make me like this. So, sorry. Uh, which brings us to 
The Mist. All right. Um, wow. <laughs> what did, yeah. What did we hit? The, wait, did we hit this in endings, or did we actually? I don't remember. I don't remember which I, podcast we talked about this in, but I know we talked about it in, in one of them. Yeah, I, I know we did. I mean, that really is one of the darkest scenes in Stephen King film history. <laughs> this might be one of the darkest scenes in film history. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, but what a ca- I mean, we've talked about how like a lot of the people um, already. I will say, Marsha Gay Harden is fucking awesome yeah. as uh, Mrs. Car- Carmody, and the fucking can of peas to the head is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, Toby Jones, I never knew who the fuck Toby Jones was, but I used to have on my desktop. The, the background on my screen was of Toby Jones from this movie holding the pistol looking like a badass and it cracked me up so much so good times Francis Sternhagen again Sadler again Andre Brower again like Jeffrey DeMunn again Thomas Jane again like yeah it, um, it's I I really this is probably one of my favorite Stephen King horror movies. Probably top two. Um, again, wow. again, the the ending is what fucking nails it for me, because it's basically probably the most nihilistic fucking movie ending I've ever seen. It's... it's I, it, it fucking hit me the first time I saw that. I, was, I remember I was watching it at work. I was like... Oh. I, had to, I had to sit down and just take stock for like two hours after I got done. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's not a one for one recreation because the ending is way different. I mean, the ending in the in the short story is just straight up uh, ambiguous. You know, they're they're heading into the mist towards the signal coming from the National Guard. Nobody knows whether or not it's real. You know, and there's a safe spot, or if it's they're all dead. You know, um, there's none of the religious context with the Marsha Gay Harden ca- character. So I mean it they did add a lot of stuff but like the the ending fucking just it, it hits it for me in a way that you know like few movies do now imagine that as a text game <laughs> dude yeah i don't like i don't know i don't know it, it was good yeah it was i it that's really not mentioned in many like top 10 stephen king stuff but i don't even know if it's in my top 10 but it's high up i know that for a fact i really really enjoyed it all right um so then we come to a bunch of shit again that i have never seen so i can't offer an opinion on but i've never seen the children of the corn tv movie i never watched um okay go ahead yeah just hit it as we go it, dude, it was. Uh, I think it was like made on fucking Lifetime or something. It was not that good. Um, don't recommend it. I never saw Haven. Never saw it. Never saw Bag of Bones. Never saw it. Uh, Carrie, the remake. It was just okay. It wasn't bad. You know, it, like they could have done much worse with a remake, but it didn't need to be made, and it was in no way better than the original. You know, for the talent that they had, like, both leading ladies are very talented, but it just didn't work for me. Yeah. That's all. Uh, I never saw Under the Dome. Nope. Never saw Big Driver. Yeah. 
All right, so I did because I was in the middle of my love fest for Maria Bello, uh-huh. and this was on Lifetime. I it was one of the very first movies I bought on Vudu, and I got it for a dollar. And you know, you can't get was movies. It, on was Vudu. it worth a dollar? No, that's no. that's pretty bad. It's you know, it starts off okay, and then it's just you know, like sometimes you watch horror movies and it's like dumb decision after dumb decision that's all this reeked of yeah so meh no um 11-22-63 did you ever see that no but I saw that you thought really good things it's on Hulu is it still on Hulu probably I would assume so since it was a Hulu original okay I've always wanted to but yeah I've never sat down and watched it I really enjoyed it um, so basically the basic premise is this guy's an English teacher. Um, you know, he's generally a nice guy. Uh, he's, he like, I want to say, I think he worked at a college and like he, he lets like the janitor sit in his classes and attend for free, you know, and like the janitor who's an older dude, um, you know, he writes a story for the class about like how he witnessed his father murder his mother you know, a night when he was young and how it, you know, basically affected him for the rest of his life. Um, anyways, this teacher, uh, goes to this diner regularly and this guy's like, Hey, listen, what, what if you could go back in time and save prevent Kennedy from being killed? He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, this guy's got a fucking portal in the fucking back room of his diner that will send you. I forgot what, what, but it was basically three years before the Kennedy assassination. So interesting. Okay. So like he goes back um once and, and fucks up just majorly. So he has to, like and when you he he lives out his life when he's back there, but when he comes back, he always comes back to the same time. Um so he he goes inwards, fucks it up a little bit, comes back and he's like, Okay, gotta plan it out. So they, they give him like a list of like, you know, horse races and, and uh like the winners for all of the baseball games and that kind of shit. So he goes back in time, you know, starts betting a little bit at a time to, to make his money. Um, goes into, to, and he interferes and he saves the, the janitor's mother's life. He stops the, the father from killing the mother. So that's, that's a great scene. Cause fucking, I'm not a big, um, fan of the dude but um who is the guy who married Fergie uh Josh Josh Duhamel okay he he played the the dude's father like really creepy and I was like yeah I'm not a big like Transformers fan with you but you knocked it out of the park in in this particular spot um anyways the closer you get to the past and he starts uh investigating Oswald, like he moves in next door to him to to see, you know, if this guy really was the one who killed him or not. Uh, anyways, long long story short, it's got a pretty interesting story, you know, especially you know seeing somebody from now living through you know the sixties. Yeah, that seems interesting in its own way. Yeah, and uh, and then there's a couple spots where it, you know it definitely veers into Stephen King territory. Like there are a couple like serial killer adjacent characters. Okay. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. And, um, 
I don't want to ruin it if it's something that you could possibly watch, but no, I am going to watch it. I I do. Yeah, I think I it will. was. I think it was definitely a really interesting adaptation of a really interesting story. All right. Uh, yeah. Then we get to Cell, which I never saw. But uh, uh, all right. Here's the thing. I've tried watching it twice. Can't make it past ten minutes. No. So no, I'm never going to lie. The the book jacket sounded really interesting. And then this, I saw like the trailer and I'm like, this looks like nothing like they described in the book jacket. Dude, it starts off with just too many people acting super obnoxious on their phone. And I'm like, how long can this last? And then it just kept going. I was like, is this the whole fucking movie? I, I can't do this. So I stopped. <laughs> Uh, then we come to the Dark Tower, which I was really excited for. And then, as I got closer and closer to release, I heard a bunch of shit. And then everybody gave their reviews, and I was like, okay, I'm glad I never bothered wasting my time watching this. Yeah, I've never watched either. And I'm super disappointed because, as you know, I won McConaughey as my Randall flag. And instead, he played kind of the character, but in this movie instead. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Never saw the Miss TV show. I nope. never heard any good things about it, so... Yeah. No, no, I didn't either. Um, then we come to It Chapter 1. Which mm. I, I thought it was... I don't know. I, I thought it was a great movie. Like, I really, really dug it. Um, but, like... I think I prefer Tim Curry's Pennywise, but... Skarsgård's version was definitely, you know, allowed to go off the fucking chain. And, you know, like, just that first scene when he bites Georgie's fucking arm off. Yeah, like, he set the tone for a different Pennywise right off the bat, and I like the fact that he didn't try to copy Tim Curry. He went for something like this whole different dialect, whole accent, whatever, like, he went for it. And I thought, in that regard, it paid off. Like, I... I love it. Like, I gave it an 8. That's really high for me. I do not give movies 8s very often. I gave it an 8. I saw it in the theater twice. I've seen it home twice, I think, at this point. I almost bought a replica of the painting. (laughs) (laughs) Because that painting's pretty awesome. (laughs) So, yes, I loved most everything that they did with this. Aside from, once again... Henry Bowers could have been a little bit different, but like Finn Wolfhard Mm -hmm. was allowed to like his what he was allowed to be utterly fucking hilarious, and it wasn't just me. Like having seen it twice in the theater, you know, you could hear everybody's reactions, and everybody was cracking up at like every single time that it was supposed to be funny. Like he was getting jokes. Um, getting laughs and stuff like every kind of note even like the new kids on the block jokes like everything kind of hit the audience really well from you know both my perspective and just like observing people Uh, it it was just a really well done I I don't know if I could have asked for yeah I mean they probably could have done a few things different but by and large I thought this was really good for the first half of that story. Yeah, and like um, like we said when we talked about the original version, 
earlier on. Yeah, there were some things in this that were closer to the book, and there were some things that were further away. I mean, just like the fact that uh, they had the whole house, for example, in this chapter, um, puts it closer to the book in that direction. But then the fact that they, they moved it from the 50s to the 80s, uh, you know, it's a strike in the opposite version. Right. But, yeah, I, I, like, I, super, I, like, I really, the... really liked chapter one. Um, I, I love the doors, the, yeah. the three doors. I <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a good scene. <laughs> Scary, not scarier, super, whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> um, then we come to Gerald's game. I I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't... It was always a simple novel. And it was never going to be like a really complex movie. But it was good, and it had some like really cringy fucking body horror. Yes, and I thought... Um, a, I'm a big fan of Bruce Greenwood as an actor, but I thought Carla... Gugina? Yeah, I thought she was really good, and Henry Thomas is right there again, uh, being awesome. And also, I, I didn't correlate that Carol... I don't know how to pronounce his name. Carol Strykian <laughs> was also... like I When I watched... Doctor Sleep. I was like, he looks so familiar. I, I didn't correlate. He was the Moonlight Man. So, I, the cast was good for a very simple story, and I thought it, like, the gore effect when she was trying to get out of the handcuffs worked really well. Like, yeah, I, I have no complaints. I mean, for a net made for Netflix, I thought they did really good. Yeah, no, I was, I, like, the one th- story I have to go along with that is I borrowed this book from my buddy. I read it. And then for whatever reason, I forgot to give it back. You know, I had it on my bookshelf for years, and then I fucking moved. And when I was unpacking all my books, I'm like, oh, shit, I still have Mike's fucking book. <laughs> it's like, hey, Mike, is this your copy of Gerald's game? He's like, yes. And he's never let me borrow a book since. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> Oops. Fair enough. Uh, then we come into 1922. I read the story, but I never saw the, the, the movie. So I, I have no... Uh, no pot to pee in when it comes to discussing that one. I believe Thomas Jane, right? Yeah, it was another yes. Thomas Jane. He had a really cool voice in it. Um, Weird haircut. Neil McDonough is in it. Um, I, I, I would say it's above average. I don't want to say it's super great or anything, but I, I think it's enjoyable enough, and Thomas Jane is strong enough as a lead in this to carry it. Oh, I love Mark, Molly Parker, too. So, what do I know her from? Uh, I'll look it up. You saw Deadwood, right? I did not. Oh, oh she was in the <laughs> the Wicker Man remake. Oh, okay, bad start, but that's okay. <laughs> Actually, Deadwood is something on my to do list, so maybe I'll just be like, she'll be good in that. <laughs> um, then we come into Mr. Mercedes, and I believe that was on. Shit, that was on a channel that I didn't fucking have. So I've never it's seen It's on it. Peacock now. Yeah, I don't have Peacock. Oh, uh, well, my therapist has recently <laughs> recommended it to me. <laughs> well, that's good. But yeah, I've heard yeah. I've heard good things about it and the the book is unfortunately one I've never read, but I've heard good things about the book too, so. Um, what about you? Have you seen it? Uh, no, no, I, I I haven't. Um, I was actually just talking about it earlier today. So All right. Yeah. We come into Castle Rock. Really interesting show. 
Like, I... It was, Please don't ruin the ending of season one. I haven't got there yet. All right. So, so the whole premise is that it's a bunch of auteurs, I guess. You know, like if you consider them auteurs. But um, it was what um, what's his name? The dude who did the Lost and the remake of um, Star Trek. Oh, JJ. Yeah, JJ Abrams, doing, being a showrunner for a show. Oh, fuck his name's right there. About Stephen King characters in Stephen King setting, but with original storylines. Yeah. So I, I yeah. It it was good. I just I didn't see the ending of season one and I never started season two. And I really was going to binge it before we did the horror TV podcast. I didn't do it and since then I've just been kinda busy, but uh, from what I saw, I really, really, really liked it. It, it had one of the best individual episodes I've ever seen in a TV show, which was the Sissy Spacek one. I think you watched that. Uh, uh-huh. Like, one of the best examples of what autism actually... No, excuse me, not autism, but uh, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's would actually yeah. feel like. And... A lot of strong stuff in season two with the the Lizzie, or excuse me, Lizzie Kaplan as Annie Wilkes, but like it felt to me like the endings they like they didn't have the endings planned before they started writing them, so it just kind of ended. Uh, you know, like both seasons could have okay. had strong, but like it. It was, you know, it was a really interesting take to have all of these characters from these different Stephen King short stories and novels thrown together into like a kind of smorgasbord with each other. It's interesting to see Bill Skarsgård and you know, and then see him in this role. Um, and also, I love Andre Holland. I think he's a f- fantastic actor. He's due to fucking have a breakout role. Like, I've seen him in three or four different things. Now, he is just... I feel like he's on the cusp of being a star. Yeah, I... I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, too. Yeah, he's really good. He was good in that. And he, he made some uh, he made some choices that I didn't understand, but that's that's the writing team. That's not the, the actor, you know, so... Yeah, he was good in American Horror Story and The Nick. The Nick, he was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw some of that. My wife watched all of it without me, but I saw some of that. So, Castle Rock is something I would, especially because it's it's over. You know, it's not like one of those yeah. things where you're going to be sitting around like like people who are trying to catch up on One Piece who've never been into it, and you know, it's up to episode a thousand. Sure. Yeah. Um, then we get to the Pet Cemetery remake, which I did not see, and I know you do. Do not have fond memories of so. I, I mean, we've talked about it before, and only thing I'll just add is just if I think the girl that played Ellie was fantastic. I think that John Lithgow was not right for Judd, and you know there were some creative changes here and there that some people may eh, I don't know kind of splitting hairs I guess but Judd is such a strong character that I feel that's what gives the first version the advantage there gotcha alright uh, then we come to it chapter 2 okay so I want to hear your thoughts because you told me that you just watched it 
and yeah, yeah, dude, it 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 was the I kept checking my watch, and I was like, holy, it felt like six hours of my life. I for for such a good cast, because um, I really like McVoy, uh, Ch- uh, Chastain's fine. I really like uh, James Ransone, mm-hmm. um, and Bill Hader. I thought was really good. Like I thought, all these people were great for their roles. It wasn't that that bothered me. I thought the freaking plot moved at such a slow pace. I hated this whole like idea of performing this ancient uh, Indian Native American like ceremony. I also like the dude who played Grown Up Mike. It's just, I don't know him but from anything else. Like, it just bored me. And then, I mean, really, are we going to call it It Chapter 2? Can we just call it It Chapter CGI? Because that's all I saw was CGI the whole fucking film. Like, I, I understand that there was some CGI in the first one, and it worked. But this one, they went way overboard with CGI to the point where it was... There was no scare. It was just laughable. And I know it in the second half, the story is not as strong as the first half. I get that. I was never expecting it to be as strong. I did not expect it to be this weak, though, for my taste. I The best part was anything with the kids, like the flashbacks with the kids. But anything with the adults, I was like, I'm not interested. And then the final spider form, and, and then to defeat Pennywise by just insulting him come the fuck uh, no none of this worked for me i really i don't know if i've ever been so disappointed in a stephen king like i had higher hopes i was so disappointed so that's my take why did you i like, like it much better? I <laughs> what's wrong with you chris tell me i don't know i probably have lower standards than a lot of people um I don't know. Um, there were things I missed out on, like uh, we talked about in the, the last review. Like I missed out on, you know, the iconic line, you know, which we even missed out in chapter one. But you know, I believe in the Easter Bunny. I believe in Santa Claus. Uh, eat battery acid. You sc- oh. and like with the changing the ending, you lose some of the context of you know the the tie-in between the rest of um, Stephen King's kind of like multiverse you know that he's got going through the dark tower stuff and whatnot like the uh the main bad guy for the dark tower you know randall flag's master has always been the crimson king which he's talked about in some other books like insomnia and uh which i think is being made into a movie um and some some other stuff that he's discussed and the crimson king is always represented as a spider um so when it turns out to be a giant spider being at the end you realize that this is in essence an avatar of the crimson king that's been coming along every 27 years to kill the children of Derry. so changing that and making him kind of like an alien kind of removes that shared context um at the same time like if you go back and watch the original and you see the creature confrontation they have at the end you know you can understand maybe a little bit why they did because uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, like this, the special effects don't necessarily hold up very well in that. Um, oh God no! I 
uh, really feel like Henry Bowers got left out more in this version than he did in the uh, the original. You know, like I, I feel yeah. I feel like he got left out more in Chapter Two than he did in Chapter One compared to the original. One thing I gotta say. I liked how they did Eddie's character better. Yeah, I did too. I did like he fucking suffered, man. <laughs> Dude, he but he was he had so many witty comebacks. Like he he played off Bill Hader's character really well. Like yeah, I liked I that liked whole that. you know like closet like love Richie had for him. Oh yeah, because like they kept like hinting towards this big secret. I'm like, okay, so Richie's gay, and I don't know if I was. Like, was that supposed to be that obvious or no? I, I wasn't sure. Well, I think it was. I okay. think it was. I mean, I, so there, I were, there liked... were lots of things I liked. Yeah, there was definitely stuff I didn't like. Um, I didn't have, like, yeah, the the whole Indian idea. Like, some of the decisions came out of nowhere. I'm like, or I'm like, or you know, if you're going to change something, this is the best you can come up with. But overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it as much as part one, but I'm not any of the majority who's like, oh, this was a shitty movie. I don't understand why they fucking made it. I understand why they made it. I I mean, to the point where I I gave it a 5.0, which is the highest rating I will give something that I have no intentions of ever seeing again. Uh, Yeah. Because there were good parts. There really was. It's just, why was it that long? Like, they could have... It took them a half hour to get from the beginning to the restaurant where things started going crazy, which I didn't even like how that went. It was almost as bad as the original, because I hated how that went in the original as well. I I was like... I don't know. I mean, like... Again, there was there was good shit. There was bad shit. Like oh. I, I enjoyed the scene under the bleachers where he's ends yeah. up fucking chowing down on the girl's face. You know, I'm like I was like, well, you know, I was wondering if they were gonna fucking back it off a little bit. Nope, guess not. I will say, I liked how much they made fun of Bill's character and how bad his endings were because I feel like that was clearly a, a rip at knowing that the ending of it isn't gonna make everybody happy type thing mm-hmm. so I, I laughed at that i loved stephen king and like his role was funny um i also found it so peculiar like all right so the opening scene where the gay guys have the run in with the town youth like why is everybody so hateful and mean and dairy is my question <laughs> like uh, yeah i don't know i mean it was over the top yeah, that, right that like was it was just, straight up like uh, th- it didn't feel like something 2017. It felt like something you would have seen maybe, maybe way earlier. Seventies, eighties. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it felt weird to me. But what, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I could have been fine if they cut a half hour to an hour. Yeah, it was definitely long, but I enjoyed it enough that I wasn't checking my watch. Fair enough. All right. Um, that brings us to In the Tall Grass, uh, Netflix movie, which I never saw. I had always meant with, to, but I never saw. Yeah, another one with uh, Thomas Jane. I haven't seen either. Or no, not Thomas Jane. Patrick Wilson. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was Patrick yeah. Wilson. That one. All right. You know what? I really enjoy him as an actor. So. I'm, oh yeah. Um, 
then the one of the last movies I saw in the theater uh, was Doctor Sleep. Mm. All right, um, it is not a great translation of the book to the screen, but I think it's a great movie, and it's did what I don't I didn't think they could do, but it it bridged The Shining, the Kubrick version, with the book. And it made them both work. So, uh, I I really enjoyed it. Like, that, yeah, yeah, that was a monumental success in in its own right. Yes, yes, it was. Um, uh, go ahead, go ahead. How, what'd you feel about Rose the Hat? Like, was that an accurate portrayal? And how'd you feel about her as an overall character? At times, like. I was iffy about her. Like, sometimes I really liked her, other times I really disliked her, and other times I was just, like, apathetic as hell. Um, well, one of the things that they didn't do a good job of showing um, is, like, she had another form. Oh. So, like, when she did, like, her power-draining stuff, like, she turned... Do you remember... Did you ever read The Library Policeman? Nope. Okay. Well, anyways, um... She she had another form where she was kind of like a psychic vampire, but she only had like one. It was weird. She had like one tooth. That that would be what she. So. Um. They like a lot of the changes. I I don't know why they made. Well, I do know why they made them because they wanted to make it work with The Shining. Um. And it necessarily wouldn't have worked, um, or would have just made the movie longer, but. Okay, in the book, uh, you end up finding out that Abra was, um, her mother was one of, uh, uh, shit, what what was uh, Jack's character's name? Jack Torrance? Jack, thank you. Jack's T.A. before The Shining happened. Which is why he he had an affair with her and got her pregnant, which is why he had to leave the college, which is why he was looking for the new job to work at the Overlook. Oh. So Abra's actually Danny's niece. Oh, okay. And that's why she's got The Shining, too. Um, I mean, it it just starts out different because uh, Scamman Carruthers' character, um, Dick Halloran, didn't die in the book. So when when he's having getting haunted by the the woman from room 213 and uh after they've moved out, you know, she actually his mother actually takes him to see Dick Halloran. Dick Halloran explains, you know, how he manages to lock him up in his mind rather than, oh, okay. rather than just showing up as a ghost to explain it to him. Um yeah, Abra's Abra's family lives. They don't get killed. Um uh, Danny lives. He doesn't die at the end. He doesn't sacrifice himself. Although they do burn down the Overlook. Hmm. So, I mean, it was a much more positive ending than um, than the way the, the movie ended. But okay. I think, you know, it would have had to be like a three-hour film to do what they wanted to do with the threading the, the, two, the movie in with the book. And uh, 
expand with all the new stuff. Now, did you watch just the theatrical, or have you also watched the director's cut? I have not watched the director's cut. I, I so first time I watched director's cut, second time I watched just theatrical. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you you would probably get more from it the director's cut than I would because you've read it. But for me, I, I didn't. I I was just like, okay, cool. You saved me a half hour. You didn't like. I don't feel like I missed out on hardly anything. Yeah. Um important which you know is typical with director's cuts i will say i really like the dude that played crow i thought i had never seen him before but i really liked him too dude that like if that movie had been made 20 years ago that would have been danny trejo i'm convinced of it yeah but um i thought the girl uh kylie something that played alpha or alpha alb abra um, she was really good. Yeah, as an actress, and I love C- Cliff Curtis. And honestly, I don't know. I I saw that Henry Thomas had that role, and I was like, I can't see him pulling it off. I love him, but I didn't expect he he did a great job in yeah. that role. Yeah, like that's a hu- those are huge shoes to fill, and he did a really good job so uh all, all in all actually I, I liked it better the second time i watched it so i think that's a good sign yeah yeah i mean i i liked the changes they made in some way like the 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 ending you know up to the point where he sacrifices himself is way more exciting than the ending in the book but um you know, a lot of the shit that they left out were stuff just expanding upon the um, the frayed knot. So it was also incredible, like how close to like it, like when they did the flashback of like Danny and uh, Wendy hiding. I was like, mm-hmm. wait, is this taken right from the movie, or did they reenact this? Like, I thought they did such a wonderful job with that. Yeah, good. So I really enjoyed it. I like the book. I like the movie. Good movie. Nice. Um, then we come into the last couple things that I've just I've never seen, so I can't unfortunately speak to. I've heard only good things about The Outsider, but my wife watched it while I was working, so I never just went back and caught up on it. I liked it. I've never seen the new Creep Show, so I can't speak to it. Uh, he's only done like actually the one episode that he did. I had freaking Tobin Bell and I can't remember a couple other people, and I didn't like gray matter it was one of the weaker of season one yeah and i like the short story so yeah uh i never saw the the stand remake mostly because once you told me how bad it was i was like i'm not going to force myself to suffer through it Mm -hmm. thank you you're welcome um i've never seen lizy's story no and chapel weight i've heard good things about but again i have never seen it I, I yeah, I've read some really mixed things because that's supposed to be like about where Salem's Lot is only c- centuries. Yeah, ago. like the seventeen seventies or so. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by. It. I don't know where what it's on. Actually, I don't know where Lacey's story is either. I think that might be Hulu, but I'm not sure. One of them, I think, was uh, Apple TV. Ah, which I do not have. Yeah, I don't access. either. Eh, fair enough. All right, so we're caught up on that, and 
we can take a quick break and do our quick list and complete the longest podcast we've ever done. Yep. We fin- I think we finally beat the saw. Yeah. All right, guys. We will take a quick break, and we will be back in a minute to do part three of this podcast. All right. 